2: Yeah,
0: you know, I always go back and look at the plays
3: that I can control, and those are the ones I agonize over. If I feel like I can control a better result, sometimes the fumbles, sometimes the sacks, sometimes the uh, incompletions are not so much something I can control as much as just unfortunate.
2: Uh, you know, so I think it's a balance football that's right it's the football hour it's the TCL Broadcast Studios Mackie Judd Manny now joined by our buddy back in the Twin Cities Matthew Collar let's start with the guy that we just heard from uh because we we talked about this certainly on the uh, Purple Podcast last night give me your reaction not only to the play of Kirk Cousins on Thursday night against the Rams Matthew Collar but also your thoughts about his comments in the uh, post-game presser because I thought those were intriguing as well
3: Okay, I'll go in reverse order. My thought on the comments was I'm not surprised that he didn't really take any responsibility for what happened at the end of the game. Uh, you know, I, I think Sage alluded to it. When I look back at the play a couple times today, I, I thought Riley Reese did his job pushing his man off the spot. I mean, a lot of times if you're a left tackle and you run your man past the quarterback, you've done a, a decent job there, and it's the quarterback's job to step up into the pocket. Cousins did not do that. He fumbled, you guys have talked about it, his fumbling issues, we've talked about it since the day that they signed him, that this has been a problem, and everybody saw it. what it cost the team against the Bills, and after the game it was, well, you know, a lot of things aren't my fault, and I only worry about what I can control, and his exact response to being asked specifically about that fumble was, you tell me, man. So, I mean, wow. it doesn't exactly, it, yeah, it doesn't exactly scream, I let our team down again with a fumble and it won't happen again, which I think is what you probably would have heard from Case Keenum or Teddy Bridgewater or even Sam Bradford in the past. So I, I wonder what the locker room reaction is to that, especially since Riley Reeve played his ass off last night. I mean, I, of all the offensive linemen, they, there was a lot of struggles there, but there weren't struggles at left tackle, a guy battling through a foot injury and found his way to mostly keep the uh, backside of Kirk Cousins protected and to not even acknowledge that Riley Reef was playing through that injury and instead say, I'm only worried about things I can control. I, I I thought it was very typical of Cousins to not take responsibility for something there, and usually the only guys who get away with that are guys with rings, you know, like Aaron Rodgers. So that's, that's my reaction to that. I'm not surprised. My reaction to how he played, aside from that strip sack, which I thought he should have stepped up, he should have felt the pressure, but that's just not a thing he seems to be able to do. I mean, he was nothing short of spectacular in that game. I mean, he's dropping dimes all over the place. There was the the mismanaged time situation at the end of the half, which is another thing that seems to just be a shortcoming of his going back uh, pretty much for his whole career. But aside from that, I mean, it was throw after throw after throw getting made by him, going back and forth with Jared Goff, and can someone give the man a stop on defense is what I kept sitting there last night thinking if they get Kirk Cousins one stop, He's going to win this game, and it didn't happen because that stop basically never came, and yeah. Jared Goff had one of the best games by a quarterback I've ever seen. But if you're evaluating Kirk Cousins today, I think that he had about as good of a game as he's going to have.
1: And we can, we can sit here and play the Kirk Cousins isn't Aaron Rodgers game all day, and it would be correct. He's not one of the best. He's not one of the five, six, seven best quarterbacks in the NFL. He's in that second tier and sometimes maybe he's near the top of that second tier depending and maybe sometimes he's more near league average but he's playing well enough considering what the Vikings defense was supposed to be and that's the side of the ball that's been that's been the letdown so far going back even to the last couple playoff games and if I'm Kirk Cousins I'm looking around right now thinking well this feels a lot like Washington I put up I put up 300 plus yards and a bunch of touchdowns and 4000 yards on the season and the the defense isn't good enough or the other pieces around me aren't good enough i th- i would be having flashbacks to washington if i were him right now after 1 month
3: yeah you know i and this is the thing that i keep going back and forth with about just this start to the season where you know, the the whole conversation with Kirk Cousins coming from Washington is the guy had only made the playoffs once, didn't win that game. In fact, I believe Washington blew a lead to Aaron Rodgers in the only playoff game that Kirk Cousins ever played. And you're asking, is the guy a winner? And and I think it's fair for that position. I mean, people make fun of QB wins. I get that. Sometimes Kerry Collins shows up and wins 13 games or Case Keenum wins whatever he won last year 12 or 13 games sometimes that happens but you give a guy a big enough sample and then you see the things that get you closer or farther away from winning and situational football and fumbles get you farther away from winning and even though he played so well you can see in these first few games why there were some of the shortcomings, why there were some of the questions about him in Washington, D.C., getting it done in big situations. I mean, even going back to the opener where he goes 0-7 in the fourth quarter and kicks the door wide open for the 49ers to potentially come back, or there's three quarters against Green Bay where the offense can't get going, and then it's only in the fourth quarter when the Packers are playing back that they start to you know get the offense going. So you can see some of those issues but as far as last night I mean that was to me uh, the best game that he's played here and probably one of the best games of his career and he absolutely deserved to win and he deserved the narrative to be that he bounced back from a very poor start against Buffalo to win that game and it should have been that he got them back on track by playing lights out on the road on national TV so I kind of with Cousins and, and I guess this is probably what people went through in D.C. for a long time of just going back and forth on some of these things. But like you said, he's not going to be perfect. But when he gets you 31 points, I mean, you should win that game every time.
4: So on that point, caller, with the defense, I mean, what is going on? What is the problem? I know they got guys that are out and guys that are banged up. Obviously, Everson, Everson Griffin is not a factor right now. But what what is going on? I mean, y- Anthony Barr is just on an island by himself being left to cover Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and he's just not capable of doing that How? I guess my question is how does that situation happen where Anthony Barr is left on an island by himself trying to cover a wide receiver which he clearly cannot do So
3: I've had the theory over the last couple of weeks here that the Minnesota Vikings are missing their old man nickel corner Terrence Newman that May very well have been the glue that kept the whole thing together because I think that Mike Zimmer's defense asked the nickel corner to be one of the smartest guys on the field, and at this moment, that is not the case. Uh, I don't think Mackenzie at this moment Mackenzie Alexander does not look to me like he's an NFL starting player. I mean, I saw the stat this morning. Our friend uh, Courtney Cronin of the Purple Podcast sent it to me that uh, Pro Football Focus had ten throws so far this season at Mackenzie Alexander. And ten completions. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, I mean, every time teams have even thrown at Alexander, yes. uh, they they've gotten completions. <laughs> Mike Hughes looks in over his head at that spot, and the communication looks off. That you know, Mike Zimmer alluded to it on that play with Cooper Cup. There's supposed to be somebody else over the top there, and that's a play that teams have used in the past to get the Vikings. San Francisco used it to get George Kittle wide open in Week One, and you would think it'd be one that they would see coming from Sean McVay at some point. But there just seems to be, week in and week out, these communication issues that did not exist when Captain Munderland was your nickel corner or when Terrence Newman is a nickel corner, and it seems a lot falls apart. But there are so many more issues than just the communication. I mean, losing Everson Griffin is massive. I mean, he's one of the best players in the NFL. I mean, what Aaron Donald did to the Vikings last night. That's what Everson Griffin does to other teams. He completely ruins their game plans at times, where you could play exactly the same way as Jared Goff did last night and be dropping dimes. But if Everson Griffin is in your face all the time, you're not going to be able to do stuff like that. And I think they have missed him a ton because Mike Zimmer's defense is predicated on getting a lot of pressure with that front four. So it's not just one thing. I think it's a bunch of things.
2: So let's go football-y football. Let's let's delve Football. in. Let's go next level dissection. Football. Come on. Football. I am not a defensive coordinator, but I'm going to play one right now. Mike Zimmer is known for and deserves credit for adapting and adjusting, right Matthew? Why are yes, that is correct. why are we not seeing things that we talked about in the months that led up to the season, i.e. Barr with his hand down and rushing, or blitz packages, or Smith in coverage? I mean, the, these were all things that I, I think we expected to see, and in, in last night's game, even if they didn't work, would have made some sense. That's what I don't get here. That That's what I'm perplexed about is why why we're not seeing that next step to say Griffin's out, so we're going to have to do something creative and, and having Anthony Barr not drop into pass coverage, but Rush would have made sense. Things like that.
3: Yeah, the only adjustment that I've really seen is going to that package with the three safeties and having J-Ron Kirsten there, but J-Ron has only played a handful of snaps over the last few games, so it's not something that they're using a whole lot. I, I do wonder if we get to next week that we see a lot more blitzes from Zimmer because you you heard Sage talk about it earlier on the show and he's 100% correct that this is not a a complex Rex Ryan type of defense where you're going to see all these different pressures coming from all these different areas yet you don't usually see that from Zimmer aside from the double a gap blitz uh you know which may have been kind of figured out a bit by teams as we've gone along here but you know when Jimmy Garoppolo threw his pick six. They did throw a really unique blitz at Jimmy Garoppolo, and he panicked. And actually, J. Ron Kearse was coming off the edge there, and he just flung it out into the flat. They didn't make their adjustment, and it ended up being you know the play that changed the game there. So I wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing that from Zimmer, because if his guys can't just go out and cover, and if they're not throwing off other teams as much with what they do with Harrison Smith as they have in the past, the other option might be to just send more bodies at the quarterback and hope you can cause some mistakes because you're no longer shutting down opposing teams' run games that well. That was one thing from last night that Todd Gurley and and the Rams got 100 yards on 20 carries, and that's unusual against the Vikings too. So you know if you're if you're not doing those things that you've done in the past, then yeah, I think you got to change. And maybe it's the simplest answer. It is to just send more bodies at the quarterback, but they've got to do something to create pressure because last night they created none at all. They only hurried Jared Goff 10 total times in the game. Kirk Cousins was hurried 30 times.
4: Where is George Iloka, and why have we not really seen him at all on the field defensively?
3: That's actually going to be my album name, Manny, is where is George <laughs> Iloka. I guess. that's good. Um, <laughs> so Mike Zimmer was asked this on the conference call today and the answer was basically that he just doesn't think George Iloka is good enough to be out there is the way that I interpret it or is ready to be out there and that J. Ron Kurse is a better fit for what they want to do. I mean, you know, the the thing is that you go through OTAs and mini camps, training camps, you're installing all these different things, and then someone shows up in the last day and has to be thrown in that fire or you've just got to make adjustments on the fly. And, you know, I I guess what I had foreseen was the potential to have Harrison Smith play in that nickel spot and blitz off the edge and and help them against the run and match up with some wide receivers because he's capable of doing that. But that might be a really tough task for everybody to adapt that quickly to basically move the game plan around for George Iloka alone. So I think the answer is for Zimmer putting in J. Ron in some of those situations and getting a little bit of the same effect. And I think if they continue to struggle that we will see Iloka, but there's also the possibility that Iloka got here and Mike Zimmer went, okay, this isn't the same George Iloka as I saw five years ago with Cincinnati, and that's why they released him. You know, I mean, that's a thing to remember. Cincinnati's a pretty good team, and they decided, you know what? We just don't really have a space for this guy anymore. So, you know, it could be a combination of just him getting things together on this Vikings defense and understanding it fully, which is probably very hard to do. And then the other part, he might not be the player he used to be. Football. Football.
1: Football. All right, Matthew. Yeah, go check out we have Vikings Ventline on demand, Purple Podcast from uh, last night too with with Judd here, and Matthew in LA, go and watch all more film, of written content. We'll talk next week, Matthew.
3: Thanks, guys. Football.
1: Right. Matthew Collar, Uh The Football Hour. <laughs> hear him yelling football. <laughs> <laughs> He's just yelling football. <laughs>
2: Oh, man. Uh, The football hour continues shortly here, uh, Judd. But first, it's time to talk to Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, where you always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice. Hello, Josh. How are you on this Friday?
5: I am great. How can I not be great? The sun is is shining, Judd. Some of my favorite stocks continue to to move ahead, including, we'll say, ESPN's uh, Disney continues to move ahead, and Disney stock looks like it could approach its... Past highs of $122, maybe exceed that, as ESPN uh, continues to gain some share, and particularly the TV side gaining skinny share in the streaming business. Favorite Apple also fin- finished up today. But one of the leading fang stocks, that's Facebook, uh, Amazon, Netflix, and Google, one of the leaders, Facebook, suffered a nice uh, fall as there was another security flaw which uh, which had an adverse effect on about 50 50 million Facebook users. Facebook uh, continues to get a little bit of fallout and I think might be one of those places to avoid for the current current time. And if you're worried about security then take a look at some of the security firms uh that are that are trading whether it be Fortinet um Palo Alto Networks, FireEye, or CyberArk.
2: Thank you, Josh. Talk to you on Monday. Look forward to it. All right. Take care. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC. A
1: registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. Uh, we, uh, if, you, if you missed it, Sage Rosenfels was wonderful last hour, so that'll be available in the on-demand feed. Uh, real quick, before we continue with the football hour, every day of this week, we've been uh, giving away, um, if, if you're interested, throughout the entire month of October, we've been giving away four-pack of tickets to the Minnesota Zoo Jack-O-Lantern Spectacular, so we're going to combine two things here. We've been getting questions, why don't you guys do Game Show Friday anymore? And the answer is... We've just been loaded with stuff on Fridays because we only have three hours instead of four. <laughs> four <laughs> so,
2: hours. Yeah,
1: so we, we will get back to doing Game Show Friday at some point in here, we promise. because well, It's polarizing because a lot of people hate Game Show Friday. A lot of fun police out there, but a lot of people love it, and we enjoy giving away prizes and having fun. So if we had Game Show Friday today, it would be powered by Red Cow and Red Rabbit which are I know I don't know about Manny but like Judd and I love those two places. Oh yes. Okay,
4: great spot. I, right. I was
1: at Red Rabbit twice last week, just dominating.
2: <laughs> we did uh we we went there a couple weeks ago and did the uh, meat and cheese plate. Oh, it's so good. And I'm telling I'm telling mm. you right now and yes. this is no BS. It's the best meat and cheese plate I've ever had.
1: It's legit. And by
2: the way, yeah. it's not an app.
1: No, the meat and it's cheese It's a
2: full plate. meal for two people.
1: And sometimes you feel, yeah, meat and cheese plate, no, it's it's absurd. So, Thanks to Red Cow, Red Rabbit, uh, we will keep Game Show Friday spirit alive going forward here. But right now, let's go Caller 4 wins a four-pack of tickets to the Minnesota Zoo jack olantern lantern Spectacular, which runs the entire month of October. Caller number 4, 651-646-8255, 877-615-1500. This is a little bit apples to oranges, but on the subject of the Vikings defense going through this, major hiccup phase that even goes back to the last couple of games of the playoffs last year. And when will they make the counter adjustment? All right. Before I bring this comparison to the table, I want to ask you a question first, just to make sure we're on the same page. Okay. Yes. Before these last six games. Yeah. Did we agree by and large you and me and most people who watch Vikings football that Mike Zimmer was one of the absolute best defensive minds in the league the last 15 years. Yes, without him, he, he might even be the best defensive mind in the NFL the last fifteen years. He was,
2: right? he was absolutely. I can say that I felt one of the top. Yeah. So yes,
1: right. You could debate. So yes, you there could,
2: was no. We didn't debate
1: that. You could debate like a Wade Phillips as a coordinator. Yeah, but or something, we did, yeah. but Right. Okay. Yep. So if if we believe that he is maybe the best defensive mind in the NFL up until very recently, and now it's kind of like, ooh, when are they going to make the counter adjustment? Right. Um, I think we should give him benefit of the doubt that he will figure out how to use these chess pieces, even if there's some injuries. And I bring to you the 2017 New England Patriots. And I get it. That's a dynasty, and that's an all-time head coach. Bill Belichick is wonderful. Um, but but we're, we're talking about Mike Zimmer being one of the great defensive-minded coaches, too. The Patriots started their season last year, two losses in four games, including a home loss to the Panthers and a home loss to the Chiefs. And they gave up 42, 20, 33, and 33 points. So you do the math on that. They were giving up over 30 points per game in their first four games to start the year. And and they were 2-2. and playing poorly at home, and people are wondering what the hell is uh-huh. happening. What? How are they going to stop anybody? Is this the end of the Patriots? The rest of the season, here are the points allowed by the Patriots, starting once the calendar flipped to October. Uh-huh. 14, 17, 7, 13, 16, 8, 17, 3, 27, 24, 16, and 6. And they also allowed only 14 points in their first playoff game. Uh, they did give up 41 points to the Eagles in the Super Bowl and lost, but but smart people got into a room after September and said, "All right, we got to figure this out. How do we change this? How do we swap a couple pieces here and there? Let's make an adjustment." And the calendar flipped to October, and that defense was lights out the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Mike Zimmer, I'm gonna I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt that he's gonna figure out a way to get back to business as usual.
2: Well, and and when I bring up the struggles and my and my surprise. I'm crediting the Vikings coaching staff by saying I'm shocked. Of course. Oh, yeah, of So, course. but Because the offensive line, I'm not shocked. I first guessed that, yeah. and I was right. This is one. I'm coming back to you and the listeners and saying we had conversations post- NFC title game, mm-hmm. saying, you know what, that was really, really, really bad, but they'll fix it. Yeah. So, so this is not a this is not me dumping on them and saying, oh man, I, I was wrong about the coaching staff. This is me saying something's got to be coming. Yeah. The, these guys are too good to continue at, at the rate of statistics that I've given you for the past five and a half games.
1: Yeah. And I, I mean, the Patriots, for instance, in one of those games, to a a rookie Deshaun Watson who had barely stepped foot on an NFL field. They give up 300 yards to him and a bunch of rushing yards in a game, in a back-and-forth haymaker game. Uh, Drew Brees lit him up for 400... Let me see here. Uh, for 350 yards yeah. in one of those games. So uh, that's just my thinking. I, I'm i just as shocked as you are, but I really feel well, like... I think
2: they'll do something.
1: Yeah, if this is the new reality, like yeah. I, I would be even more... Sh- I'm not as shocked that after a certain amount of time a bunch of smart people like Sean McVay and at the end of the season last year uh, Doug Peterson and John D Filippo got into a room and grinded film for 100 hours and said all right we're onto this guy mm-hmm. we're onto this guy these are smart offensive people these are some of the smartest offensive people in the NFL right now and this is all they do yes and they, so they study film And so I, it's it's surprising, but it would be even more shocking if this was just the new reality the rest of the season for Mike Zimmer and his defense. That all of a sudden he woke up and it was like, oh, Oh, I don't know how to coach defense anymore. Right? I'd
2: be absolutely floored. Yeah. Like if this counter punch is coming. If this goes into November, I will be astounded. Astounded. This
1: is if it actually if it doesn't get nipped
2: before, like.
1: The well, Eagles yeah. Game, October, see, the, seed, the November, November might not if matter. If this is
4: still going on in November, I mean, you're probably looking at like a it's over six nine and I, one I, football.
2: I don't team. believe that though. They, they got, I just can't. Believe
1: they've that. got a counterpunch basically in ten days. They they need to counterpunch for for the Philadelphia game.
2: I I yes. think I so I'm, I'm I I got extra I'm, few days to do it. And they've got they've got an, a potential advantage here too because you can go to DeFilippo at this point and say, what do you think Doug's going to do? Because Doug's too smart to do the exact same thing that he did back in January, right? He's gonna alter things himself. So now you got to do your best to to figure out what Doug Peterson is going to alter for Philadelphia yeah. and say how can we counterpunch what we think he's going to do to us. Yeah.
1: Do you think the Vikings have an advantage over Philadelphia in knowing all the things that go flip. shipwrecked them, and now they have they also have one of the the masterminds behind that, or do you think the Eagles have the advantage because they're playing better and they're gonna change things and. They, they dominated the Vikings play? last time. Yeah, and Carson Wentz is better than Nick Foles. Well, but he's also I think more it's a rusty. wash. I think it's a wash. Yeah, we should. I wonder if there's a, if there's an early line on that game. Looking ahead, there probably is somewhere. Some DGen website. <laughs> what would your guess? <laughs> what do you mean DJ,
2: D-Gen? Oh, um, I, I ha- happily frequent the D-Gen um, websites. I'm not. I'm not my demigrated. guess. My guess is going to be after last night, Eagles by six and a half to seven. Yeah, that's what
4: I was thinking, like seven or eight, maybe. Who who does Philadelphia have this week? I can find out. I don't know. Let's see. Let's look it up here. Who do the Eagles have on Sunday? Because
1: we shouldn't let whatever happens this weekend sway our opinion too much. That's that's how you that's get in trouble in the, the NFL. <laughs>
4: the Eagles are in Nashville to take on the Titans on Sunday. Oh, okay. Well that's gonna so. be an
2: exciting twelve to nine
1: thriller. Oh God.
4: <laughs> have the
2: Titans have the Titans
1: ran the league in games that have a twelve in the final score. <laughs> <and> football. <laughs> I mean seriously like the the Titans played a 9 to 6 game last week. They've played a oh, that, lot of 9-6 games.
2: That Jacksonville <laughs> that Jacksonville game would have been awful.
4: The Titans have been playing 9-6 games since they became the Titans in 1999. Oh god, yeah, I just pulled up, I pulled right. up
2: their
1: scores from last year. Okay. Oh, it's just it's just what you would think. There's a 16 to 10 thriller
2: against Miami. Mike Malarkey baby. Here's
1: right? a here's a 26 to 16 game in which someone kicked nine field goals apparently. <laughs> uh here's a 12 to 7 final against Ugh. Arizona. Ugh. Uh 12 to 9 final against the Browns and a 15 to 10 game against Jacksonville. <laughs> <laughs>
4: That's Titan football, oh, man. This is it's how we football. Is there, Fisher special, man.
2: <laughs> is there any, any more unattractive matchup right now on a yearly basis than Titans-Jaguars?
4: every year, no. even when they're good, even when both teams are it good, doesn't matter. it's like, yeah, it doesn't matter. We're going to play defense. No, we're going to play defense. Eight to five, your final score between the Titans <laughs> yeah. and Jags. Four safeties. <laughs> no, three-two. Three-two, right? Points. You get a field goal, you get a safety, you're done. Go
5: home. Has there
1: ever been a game end in, in, three in two? a, a three-two score? I don't know. I
4: got to think there's probably at least been one. It's got to be a Titans game. It's got to be.
1: Uh, Manny, uh, Manny's got to go MC some high school football tonight, so we're gonna say goodbye to him. And uh, Murph will be on the the keyboard. Go Hastings. Murph show. actually
4: just texted me. He's running a little late in traffic, so I'll probably stick oh, around. Wow. Oh no, segment. Murph! Ah, so which
1: means you're going to be running late for high school. Yeah, tonight. come on, yeah. Murph.
4: Homecoming down in uh, Hastings at Todd Field tonight. Big game tonight too with the uh, Raiders and the Cadets. Good teams, St. Thomas Academy. Yeah, both teams four and zero. Ooh. So, do you do the in-stadium PA I'm, announcing? i PA announcing, yeah, out there. Can
1: you give yeah. us a little like, how, what's a sample of what it
4: sounds like? Uh, I, oh boy, I, I can't really do it on the fly. Oh, um, I could put some, some music behind it if you want. Get first you, and ten the for movie. the Raiders at the twenty-seven. Then the play happened. <laughs> I don't, I don't Pass complete for seven yards. Do you ever drop any casual
1: F bombs just to see if people are paying no, attention? No, I usually have
4: to tell the fans because we're sitting on the um <laughs> we're sitting on the opposing teams where their fans sit, basically, in the in our press box. Yeah. And so we're getting like all like tonight we're gonna see we're gonna be sitting or all the St. Thomas Academy fans are gonna be sitting right in front of us. And I've had to tell some fans that decide to drop some S bombs or F bombs that to, cool uh, it. to remind them that let using uh, vulgar language and tasteless chants will get you uh, thrown out of the ballpark. So and
1: there's no smoking in You know, this, no is where at this. Smoking. this is
2: where high school has taken such a huge step back. Back in my day, we could drop f-bombs; no one really cared. <laughs> high school sports, man, this yeah. sportsmanship thing—it ruined everything. I once won multiple championships. I once went
1: to, uh, just if you're wondering, like how far people will go in terms of their willingness to get really mad at a sporting event. Chris Long is a big lacrosse guy, Chris Long from Channel Five. And so we were out, this is like five years ago, we were out on the East Coast and we were in Connecticut with some of his family in law. And we went to a division three lacrosse game, and two sides had to be separated in the crowd. Like there was wow. a full on fight
4: oh, breaking wow. out. Wow. Yeah. That's hockey so, like right there. So
1: Hopefully that happens tonight. Manny has to break up a Do fight. 4
4: no teams, it might.
1: Uh, we will wrap with Bracey in about 20 minutes from now. Let's let's talk about the place to watch the games on Sunday, though. This Lucky's 13 pub idea is one you should consider. And you know what? Even if you're not in the mood to go out, which you should be, because if you go out to a Lucky's 13, you're, uh, you're going to get your hands on some amazing fresh half-pound burgers, handcrafted sandwiches, Bloody Marys. But let's say you're having people over to watch football all Sunday. Call ahead to Lucky's and order some of these legendary appetizers we've been talking about on the show, and they'll be ready to bring home when you get there. So time it out right, and uh, and make sure that you're uh, you're getting in on this menu. It's it's awesome stuff. Also, Lucky's Thirteen has convenient locations all across the metro area: Bloomington, Burnsville, Mendota, Plymouth, Roseville. Tons of TVs, uh, legendary apps. Bloody Marys. Get a flight. Try all three. The jalapeno, the Mother Mary, and the Bacon Bloody Mary. And uh, also, Lucky's 13 powers Vikings vent line all season. So we thank them for that. Find out more at Lucky's13pub.com. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next.
0: Gentlemen, to the medicine cabinet.
1: On 1500 ESPN. Now, back to Mackie and Judd.
4: Hello, boys.
1: Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios.
5: What do you think? (laughs) It's
4: pretty cool, I guess. On
5: 1500 ESPN.
1: Jackie and Judd, it's our football hour here. Am I safe to play this Sage the, the on-air production? I can play the Sage thing off the Daily Sound, right? The, uh, the fumble yeah, the thing? Kirk. Yep, go ahead. Because that's, I think we should, for people who missed this an hour ago, Sage was very open about, we. You, Judd asked him about Kirk Cousins fumbling and, you know, he kind of chalked it up to, Kirk did, oh, there's certain things that I can't do anything about. And the question is, okay, if you're a quarterback, yeah, sometimes the ball's going to get swatted out of your hand, but gotta be something you can do about it on a more regular basis and we're gonna play sage's answer here but he also prefaced it by saying hey i was bad at this when i played in the nfl i couldn't sense pressure coming from my blind side and i can remember a lot of times where i get hit in the middle of the back and the, the ball would fly out but yep here is sage rosenfels talking about kirk cousins fumbleitis.
6: you know to be honest with you yeah. When I was out there playing, I was always terrible at you know sort of feeling it from my weak side, and I was always blown away of like, how does Aaron Rodgers do this? How does Tom Brady, you know Drew Brees? It's almost like they have this you know sixth sense of, of feeling when somebody's right behind them. I, I I can I can remember a lot of times where I'm hit right in the middle of the back, or somebody comes around and swipes the ball with my hands, and I had no idea what they were there. So it's hard for me to give advice. Uh, to give advice to, to another quarterback on, you know, how you sense that, because I always struggle with that myself. I think some people just have it and some people don't. Uh, you know, I think all you can really do is, again, uh, if Kevin Stefanski, if the offensive coaching staff can try to get Kirk to step up in the pocket, uh, to stay on rhythm, to try to go through his, uh, through his progression as quickly as possible, not hold on to the football. Uh, and sometimes the best thing to do is just to throw the ball away and move on. And, and, you know, a lot of quarterbacks like to hang on to the football for a bit too long, and more often than not, bad things happen rather than good things.
2: So here's the stat, and and this is the alarming stat about Kirk Cousins and his fumbles. Past 52 starts, in that time period, 35 fumbles. 35 fumbles and 14 lost. And uh, the other sort of frightening thing about this is, I, I think in, in the four games he's played here, and especially last night, we saw him try and be aware at times because he threw he threw some passes away last night where you could see that he thought pressure might be coming and he thought it's not worth it to try and hang in the pocket or to try and roll out so he just threw the ball to the sideline. But the play last night that caught up with him is what Sage is talking about, mm-hmm. and I don't think that you can go to a coach at Kirk Cousins' age now and be like, "I'd like to learn about pressures," because. I think if you have the sixth sense that's, that someone is coming behind you, you have it. And it's a gift. And that's when guys, it's not that they even have to fill, take off. It's that they just adjust themselves. They slide right or left or something. Yes. And Tom Brady ain't outrunning anybody. Exactly. But he
1: doesn't, you know, he doesn't, this doesn't happen to him.
2: But I don't know that Cousins has the gift of sensing that pressure. And I don't know that you can now teach that.
1: Yeah. And so the, the question beyond that is, if this is what it is, if it's just a problem that's not really going to be fixable and he's just going to fumble more than the average quarterback, which means you're going to turn the ball over in that in those spots more than the average team would. Okay, it does he still do enough on the yes. upside? Yes. And is the team good enough? And I and I this is where I, I'm okay with his flaws. I'm okay with his flaws. I'm okay that he's not Tom Brady. I'm okay that he's not Aaron Rodgers. What I'm not okay with is if he's going to put up 31 points against one of the best teams in the NFL. You can't allow 38. Like, that's you. That's the thing that you have to fix. He was brought in here to put up points and, I, to, and to go on the road and do what he did against Green Bay and do what he did against... He's th- This dude has put up 800-plus passing yards against Green Bay and the Rams. I if know you, exactly
2: where you're going, yeah, and like, I completely agree.
1: Like, if you would have said that back in... And, and by the way, Case Keenum put up seven points on the road against Philadelphia, and that's part of the reason why the Vikings replaced him. But if you were to tell us when we were having these discussions from February through March... Yep. All right. You don't know anything else about what's going to happen. You don't know anything about the defense. You don't know anything about the offensive line. All you know is that Kirk Cousins in the first month is going to throw for 800-plus yards combined against the Packers on the road and the Rams on the road. You don't know what the outcomes are, none of that stuff. Take it or leave it. We take it, right? Mm -hmm. And then you just figure out the rest. Yes.
2: If the formula is going to change as drastically as it has in, in these first four games, this is not going to work. The defense has to get back. Yeah, you you can't. Kirk Cousins signed here why? Because he said I've got a chance to sign a, a three year, very lucrative contract there, but I also have a really good chance to do what I didn't feel that I could do in Washington, yeah. which is win because of what? A, a really good defense. Yeah. And so now if you say, oh, Kirk, Kirk, guess what? We got some bad news for you. That dominant defense is going to struggle, and your offense is good, but you've got to put up thirty five points a game. That formula is yeah. not not going to work here. That's not what he was brought here yeah. for. and I
1: actually I, I disagree with what what Collar said at the top of the hour, and that you can you can take the quarterback position in the NFL and you can assign you know quarterback wins and be and feel okay about that. Um, I, yeah, obviously Joe Montana and Tom Brady are going to have great win loss records, and Christian Ponder is not. But there is a lot of other quarterbacks that are in that tier two and that that, that middle range. Where the record doesn't accurately reflect how good they are. And I think Kirk Cousins might be one of those guys. And we're going to find out in, in Minnesota in the next three years. But I don't look at Washington and say, man, they were eight and eight and nine and seven in those three years when Kirk Cousins was their starter. And if they just would have had. A, a different tier two quarterback like Matthew Stafford than they would have been eleven and five. I look at it and I say, well, if you would have put him with better supporting cast members, they probably would have gone eleven and five, maybe twelve and four. In one of those. Better seasons. defense. Yeah. Know. I don't think he is the reason why you're not making the playoffs. I don't. I think he's good. I don't think he's Aaron Rodgers. I think he's good enough, and it's the, it's the other things around him that yes. are letting him down right now.
2: And he he wouldn't admit to this, but the reason why he signed here is because of that. He he knows in his heart of hearts that he's a second tier guy. He's good, but he's not Rodgers, Brady, he's not in that group. And he signed here because he said he identified a team that had a defense that could win games. Yeah.
4: I think what you have to ask yourself is has he been what you expected him to be or better than he than what you expected him to be when you signed him? And I would say yes.
1: He's been I think he's been better. Yeah. Cuz his the, the things he's doing on the top end are better. And the things he's doing on the bottom end are kind of what you thought you're going to get. A guy who's a little bit reckless once and in a while, receivers. takes some sacks.
2: Those and, top two guys, oh man, are they good. Dude, Thielen mm. has 40 catches. They're, they're com- it's games. completely <laughs> legit. They That is completely legit. Yeah. Those two guys are fantastic.
1: We wrap with Roycey when we come back here after a brief word for Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694, and Brooklyn Boulevard. Uh, it's a place that my family and I have been going to for a long time, uh, going back to the 1980s. And uh, right now, you can get into 2018 model vehicles for a lot less than uh, than maybe in previous months because they're trying they're trying to make room for the 2019. So you you get with Highlanders and with RAV4s. Uh, these are these are model year end closeout deals, and I recommend going to LutherbrookdaleToyota.com to find out more information one of my favorite things is just the comfort you you walk in or you drive into the service department area or go into the showroom and you just sort of you you feel that peace of mind you feel a sense of calm and i'm not much of a car guy myself i love having reliable people that i trust in my life that i can lean on even just subconsciously and i guarantee you're going to get the same experience it's on the corner of 694 on brooklyn boulevard luther brookdale toyota
0: Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Guys, I thought we were in a hurry. On 1500
4: ESPN.
0: Mackie and Judd are back. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. On
4: 1500 ESPN. Quick look at your traffic brought to you by the Better Business Bureau. It is, uh, well, it's it's a little nasty out there. A few crashes around the area. 494 eastbound, we have a crash. Uh, near Lindale and Nicollet Avenue in Richfield, adding a few minutes to your uh, commute there, and also 494 eastbound between uh, Bush Lake Road, uh, West Bush Lake Road and East Bush Lake Road near Edina, about an extra 12 minutes That's due to a crash there as well. Join Better Business Bureau at the Torch Awards for Ethics. BBB's Torch Award embodies Better Business Bureau's mission of advancing trust in the marketplace. 14 businesses will be honored at U.S. Bank Stadium October 24th. Purchase tickets at BBB.org slash Minnesota.
0: You know, we've never been probably anywhere I've ever been. I've never been this poor uh, in past coverage. So uh, we're going to have to look at everything we're doing and get back to doing things correctly well they have a good scheme i'm I'm not going to take anything away from their scheme but you know it was the same scheme we played last year that had seven points so we made some mistakes we left a bunch of guys open and they have a good scheme they you know they they don't give you many drop back passes where you can rush a quarterback there's a lot of uh play actions where they're blocking eight and eight and nine guys and uh, it makes it
1: difficult to get to them Amen. uh did you uh, before we wrap with Ricey here Adam Thielen – This might be worth a discussion, maybe next week too. When he got taken out of the game, yeah, the concussion. I've never seen him that mad before. When he got, because the hit looked awful in live speed, and then you slowed it down, and he kind of sat on the ground for a little bit, and then you played it back, and okay, there was a need of the face mask a little bit. It didn't look quite as bad in slow motion, and I I mean, I thought he might get ejected for bumping an official in that spot. Oh, he was livid, yeah. But if you're in the, if you're an NFL player. I feel like you can't have it both ways. You can't. That's what we talked about in the first hour. Okay, And I agree with you. You can't want long-term security and and health and then get mad when they're looking out for you and trying to take you out of the game when you might not be the one to make the decision yourself, right? Exactly.
2: That process worked exactly right and he was livid. Yeah. And it was third down, so I get it, but yeah, you can't you can't as a fan say we should protect players, but you can't protect my player right now.
1: Right, right. Cuz it's third down. See, man, that is going to be so interesting. And we've already seen it a couple times where didn't Tom Brady get his bell rung a little bit in the Super Bowl? But if 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 not if it hasn't already happened, at some point a guy like Brady or Aaron Rodgers is going to get smoked in a Super Bowl or NFC Championship game. And the neutral doctor is going to have to make a decision. And the league is make in. a decision. <laughs> I'm going to leave
2: him in. Overtime. I'm a neutral doctor, but I got the Patriots plus seven. <laughs> so I'm just going to leave Tom in for now. If he doesn't remember his name at the age of 55, is that really that big a problem? <laughs>
1: exactly. Uh, yeah, I don't know. he He is going to put up. The best numbers of his entire career. He there's thirty receivers in the NFL. Adam Thielen, I'm talking about. At, there's thirty receivers in the NFL that make more money than he does. And if if he continues on this torrid stretch where he's on, he's got forty catches right now. So even if he slows down, he's going to catch a hundred passes. He might lead the league in receptions. He's going to go for like twelve or thirteen hundred yards and a bunch of touchdowns.
2: And he and he's under contract for like four million dollars next year. They're going to have to figure They'll that. thing out. him. Well, or no I'm, I'm sorry they'll tear up the contract I think after this year and sign them to an extension. think so. the thing about Thielen man. and Diggs that is just remarkable if the ball is thrown in their area code, they catch it mm-hmm. think about the amount of well I mean we see Treadwell now he catches it he had, but he drops drop last it night too but man the appreciation I have after after essentially during my time with the Vikings covering for the most part garbage receivers. The appreciation I have for these two is immense. Yeah, because we have seen so many guys. It's like you didn't catch that mm-hmm. Devin Aromish, you Didn't catch another one or poor Michael Jenkins. And these two, you throw it near them. It's like, okay, I got it. Yeah, it, and uh, we watch enough football, and you
1: watch Red Zone on Sundays when, whenever we get a chance. And I watch Thursday night games and Monday. Night and I and I'm not saying this because we're sitting here in Minnesota. Other than Antonio Brown and. I don't even know. Honestly, he's a different type of receiver. I don't even know if I'd put Julio Jones in front of these guys right now. I mean, Julio Jones is a different type of just massive body and down yeah, the field threat. D- dynamic. gone I, I pro- to the head, would. I probably would take him. Yeah. But there's a very, very short list of guys who I would take ahead of them. And it's it's shorter by the year. Because we had this debate on this show, was it two summers ago? Yep. How many receivers in the NFL are better than Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs? And I said, I can't name 12 and we got pushback for the rest it, of the week. On if that. you
2: took one away, so if, if you just isolated Thigs or dealing, Thigs or dealing. They're all together individually. <laughs> it's been a long week. Stud or Jill If you just if you just took one of them and put them on the field without the other, how effective is that? That one player, I think I still think really
1: effective because they 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 beat their man off the line of scrimmage, they catch passes in traffic. They can they can go possession or they can go down the field big play explosive. I mean, it'd be easier to cover them. That's what yeah, yeah. you could. I don't. I think it'd be a lot more underneath stuff because you would just you would make sure that they can't get loose thirty yards down the field. Mm-hmm. Um, but would Adam Thielen catch hundred passes? If I mean they they'd both be targeted more too. So if you you know if you look at the end of this season and they're both going to be targeted, I don't know, hundred forty or hundred fifty times. Like if it was just one of them and a bunch of Laquan Treadwells. One of them would be targeted 190 times or 200 times and yeah, they'd be the true. leading fantasy receiver in the in, in the entire league. Uh, but yeah, they're super fun to watch. It's hard because there's so many things to celebrate based off last night that, you, that you'd that you want to celebrate if you're a Vikings fan, but you can't because they lost. It's the Packer game. Yes,
2: you want to celebrate. Game, we the, the two days after the Packer game should have been nothing but Kirk Cousins' second yeah. half. And last night should have been too. Kirk Cousins
1: was... Was throwing haymakers all over the field, and and Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs are both going to go over a thousand yards, and they're both incredible receivers. And you want to be able to really key in and focus on those things. But all you can think about is, well, they got the Eagles up ahead on the schedule. They're one, two, and one, and they can't stop anybody from well, yeah, first downs and touchdowns. It's incredibly
2: troublesome. Yeah. If they if they lose that Philadelphia game, I think they've got the Cardinals next. But if you fall to. What would it be now? One, three, and one. I hate the tie. One, three and one. You're not dead, but it's a long climb back up, man. So your your likely outcomes here are
1: let's say they let's say they drop that game against the Eagles. That's a that's a national uh late afternoon yeah. window for them. Yeah, Fox. And mm-hmm. then they get home cooking against the Cardinals. Although anything can be can happen now because you lost to the Bills. Right. But let's just say you lose the game. You do have back-to-back games against the Cardinals and then the Jets, so in theory, but you're at the Jets, so that's far more dicey to me. But that's still like it's—it's it's a chance to get back to uh, to three, three, and one, and then you get Saints and Lions. <laughs> this
2: and, record is just going to drive me crazy. Yeah.
1: Is this—is this—is this Pat here? It is Pat. Okay, cool. We got—we got three minutes. You know, Pat, Sorry, Pat three, min, three, three minutes. to recap what the hell happened last Go night. Ahead. Defensively, Go ahead, Pat. Pat. The floor is
2: yours. <laughs>
0: Uh, sorry fellas, I, uh, I, uh, didn't hear the phone ring. I'm at the, uh, target field. What happened last night? Uh, I don't know, but, uh, let me say this. I think the honeymoon's over for Coach Zimmer. Okay. I think all of a sudden that, uh, all of a sudden he's on probation like every other coach in town. Cause what was his forte? Great defense. And, uh, you know, hard nose, that hard nose, crusty act works when your team's get, keeps getting better and better playing defense. But uh, not not with something like that last night. And and it's
1: a trend, right? I mean, Judd's got the numbers going back to <laughs> the Saints game from the playoffs. Yeah. The
0: la- you go back to halftime of the Saints
2: game. Yes. <laughs> 31.3 points per game in the past five and a half games. 398.4 yards given up per game past five and a half games. 297 via the pass.
0: Uh, and most nights, uh, uh, most nights I love Harrison Smith, but where the hell was he last night?
2: Ignored, yeah. which was smart.
0: Yeah, they just stay
2: away from him yeah. and go after other people. Why would you? Or why they wouldn't you? To. It makes perfect sense. What What was the big deal about
0: getting this Iloka guy? Why doesn't he play? What the hell? <laughs> you know, instead of having Sandejo out there running around like an idiot. But uh, I don't know. It was something. And uh, let me say this. I take back all those jokes I made about Jared Goff two years ago. <laughs> Man, alive. Uh, let me say one other thing about that game last night. Some of the great throws I've seen from quarterbacks, both of them, Cousins yep. and Goff. Man, there were some great throws. Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah, some of it is, okay, Vikings defense, pull your head out of your you-know-what. You but it, but some of those throws by Goff were, it wasn't, oh, like, it wasn't like all of them were broken coverages. That was a fun game. Oh, then.
0: That- that throw in the right corner that landed in the guy's hands. What the heck? And then I thought uh, Cousins made some great throws, too. Yeah,
5: uh, yeah.
0: And uh, I think Aaron Donald in the fourth quarter said, ah, what the hell, let me go in there and hit this guy
2: a few times. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> Poor Tom was, Compton. Uh,
0: yes, he was kind of had it neutral most of the game, and then all of a sudden he was a monster at the end. But uh, I don't think we can blame uh, Cousins uh, fumble on small hands this time. It was just, uh, something <laughs>
1: Concrete anymore. feet maybe. Move uh, move Jose up Barrio. a step.
0: Jose Barrio's good today, guys. He uh, gives him a a, a, a send off when he was throwing the ball good and uh, the uh, you can get out here tonight and if it's the afternoon games any indication there are seats
2: available. Oh man. Joe playing in both games, huh? He's DHing tonight. That's a pretty good sign, isn't it? Yeah, that's what, what I take uh, it what as the
0: future plans are. Yes, sir.
2: Yep. But
0: uh, Bill Ostadio is not playing, and we're all very upset.
1: Of course you are. We need a. We Don't need, burn the place down, okay? We need a Bill Ostadio. Don't burn Target Field down. On Sunday. It's my favorite sports bar <laughs> in town.
0: I've told you. I've announced if they take him. I announced right on this show. If they take him off the 40, man, we're picketing. We're coming out. We're having yes. a parade Oh, it's Bill
2: who's
1: going to burn the place yeah, down. Yep. See you, Pat. All right, see you Monday, Pat. Goodbye. All right. You uh, find Ventline On Demand, Mackie and Judd On Demand, at 1500ESPN.com. Beer Show Special Edition is next. Hey.